Well, the last time we talked, we said, by the time we talk next, the Buffalo Bills may well have their franchise quarterback to build around. We were not lying, because by the end of the first round, and really after the seventh pick in the uh, in the NFL draft, the Buffalo Bills found their quarterback, much to the dis- dismay of probably a lot of you out there, but that guy that Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, Terry and Kim Pagula have all entrusted their futures with is none other than Wyoming quarterback Josh Allen. Welcome in everybody to the Bills Beat here, whether it be on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or on Stitcher. My name is Joe Piscali. With me, my co-host Matthew Fairburn. Matthew, Josh Allen is a Buffalo Bill. Drink it in. Let it really sit there. I honestly, I, I can and can't believe that we're here. It's It's been a year's worth of thinking about it, and now it's here. And they picked probably the most controversial of the guys out there in this year's draft. Yeah. Earlier today, you tried to, or yesterday, I guess it is now, because this is past midnight. Sure. You tried to talk me into Josh Rosen, and it almost worked. Well... But just deep down, I kept coming back to Josh Allen. There was something about a, a week, week and a half ago, there was too much smoke. And it, a lot of it just, all roads kept leading to, to Josh Allen. And when, I will say this about the pick. I mean, we've been, I would say, more fair to Josh Allen than... Just about. I would agree. Maybe well, anybody in the world we, <laughs> outside of Pete Prisco, who loves Josh Allen, gave the Bills an A plus. So I, I mean, we devoted an entire podcast episode to him, saying, "All right, Josh Allen, people on Twitter, not a big fan. Here's why the Buffalo Bills might like him." And uh, I'm not the hugest supporter of Josh Allen. I I had him ranked fifth on the As quarterback list, but. I also can sit here and say I realize why a team would actually like him. Now it's just a matter of the Bills having to prove everybody right, and that's it's it's a it's a pretty big gamble on Brandon Bean's part. I think it's a it's a massive gamble, but I think and where I cut them some slack big time because while we were probably more fair than most people on Josh Allen, we were both. Like you said, we both had him fifth. Mm-hmm. We're not sitting here telling you that the Bills got the guy that we think is the best quarterback in the draft. But where I do cut them some slack on this is that they did not trade their other first-round pick. True. They did not trade a future first-round pick. Also true. Brandon Bean was patient. He was calm, cool, collected, waited until the right spot. He did give up two second-round picks, which is a big price, an overpay according to the charts, but... Those kind of get thrown out the window with quarterbacks. And so that's the good. The bad is that Josh Rosen was sitting there. Right. I mean, we both had Josh Rosen as the best quarterback in this draft. A lot of other people did. You know, we weren't alone in that. We could be missing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bills could be missing something. But as we talked about, you know, it's Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott's reputation on the line here. And. I think the price they paid, it was, you know, obviously a bold move. Anytime you're moving up to get a quarterback, bold move. But it wasn't so steep that they risked, you know, not being able to have depth on the rest of their roster in future years uh, and with the rest of their picks. They still have enough picks to do some damage. And, oh, by the way, picked Tremaine Edmonds in the middle of the first round. Pretty good. Who's... Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and a perfect fit for them on and off the field. So that was an, an A-plus pick. The Josh Allen pick, a little less inspiring. But there's some reason, I think, to have some optimism right. about the guy. Right. You're trying to unearth the gem. I mean, And, you know, there's a lot of soot surrounding this guy right now. You You have to really do your work to try and make him into everything that his potential speaks to what he could be. I also think, you know, to your point, it's 
it is right that they should be, you know, it, it should be noted that Brandon Bean kept his second first round pick and kept next year's first round pick. However, I also think they got a bit lucky to be able to get that first round pick because, you know, when the Browns took Denzel Ward, that basically opened up the floodgates for them to not have to give up their second first round pick. So John Elway said a nice little gift basket to the Cleveland Browns. John Elway said that he was going to trade with the bills at five, but Bradley Chubb was on the board and he was on the board because the Browns took Denzel Ward. So Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right that they're lucky that they didn't have to give up more. And I think the Colts were probably in the same spot. The bills probably called them, but the Colts said, well, Quentin Nelson is here, and, and we could really use Quentin Nelson. Well, so. I, I, I don't know that I ever really looked at the Colts as a realistic trade partner because they already have three second-round picks. They already have a third-round pick. Right. You're not, what, what is the point? At, and that was sort of the same thing with the Browns for, yeah. for the longest time was they've got so many picks. They've been collecting picks for years. Like, why are you trading back? And, and a lot of the trade scenarios that were out there was like, oh, maybe they can— you know, trade back, do a three-way deal, and Browns get two and twelve. It's like they got two top five picks. Right. I, I just never thought that they would be open to moving, and the Giants weren't either. So, and meanwhile, the Buccaneers sit, sitting there at seven overall with a lot of needs, probably more pressure to win than a lot of other teams in the top ten, and only one pick in day two. That was the prime opportunity to strike for a quarterback without having to give up that first-round pick, and that's exactly what Brandon Bean did. It, it was it was a uh, masterful stroke by him. But then it came to the pick. And for better or worse, the Buffalo Bills have now set, them up, set themselves up into a situation where the quarterback that they selected will not only be judged based on his own merits— He'll be, he'll be judged versus all of Josh Rosen, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. And for them... And Lamar Jackson, for that matter. Lamar Jackson can be thrown right in there, but the fact that he went 32nd overall makes me be like, you know what, screw you, NFL. Just well, it's the same. Well, it's the same thing because he's another one. Add him to the list of guys. I, I think the best part about the draft is that we get to learn you learn so much about the GMs and the teams and some of these players and how they feel about them and let's face it Brandon Bean didn't like Josh Rosen that much at all because if he did and you're playing you know the value game you know you could have he could have sat back and waited and moved up two picks Josh Rosen went number 10 to the Cardinals who moved up with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about, you know, the team that found really good value and, and moved around the board well, that's where it was. So that tells me that he didn't like Josh Rosen, which tells me we heard a lot of stuff about winning from the pocket, accuracy, timing, anticipation. It all said Josh Rosen, like mm-hmm. we talked about sure, know, yesterday sure afternoon. What they went for was big, strong, big arm. High potential. Big hands. Mm-hmm. The guy that can throw it in the elements. Oh, god! Athletic. I roll to the elements debate. I mean, what? Come on now. I Joe I, Webb won a snow game. I get that. <laughs> I get I've seen it. I've seen it too. Nathan Peterman almost won that snow game. Um, I get that. Don't you dare. It was Joe Webb. All the way. Uh, Nathan it Peterman was written in the stars. threw a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I get that we live in Buffalo. Totally understand. I've lived here 29 out of my 31 years on this earth. I get it. I, I know what it's all about. I, I know all uh, the snow's splendor. But the weather point, massively overblown. And I can't believe they used it as a crutch in their... In their uh, post Josh Allen well, press conference because it, sitting there thinking thinking to themselves well you know it is windy here we do have the elements how many games one well, maybe two and here's another point i brought up so Josh Allen's you know on the conference call and says you know i hope it, this is my home for the next 15 or 20 years right you pick a franchise quarterback you're hoping he's your guy for 10 plus years yeah 
what are we looking at? How, how far away are we from the Bills having potentially an indoor stadium downtown? True. You know, that's what everybody's talking about. All uh, true. Then that argument goes out the window, right? I mean, I, I think the elements thing is funny. I mean, the most important game the Bills played, the two most important games the Bills played last season, Week 17 in Miami, Week <laughs> 1 of the playoffs in Jacksonville, it was sunny for both of those games. Sure was. You know, I mean, you have to play half your games on the road. I and mean, you, you have to play some games in September and October and November when it's really not that bad out here. Mm-hmm. And look at some of the quarterbacks who have come in here and carved them up. Oh, yeah. You know, Drew Brees pounded the Bills last year. So, I mean, the weather thing, here's here's what's interesting to me is that, and this is another layer of this, we got into it a little bit, yesterday but obviously we'll do so again today but i think they spent so much time sort of trying to cover their tracks and be prepared for the tweets Mm -hmm. and the racist language in the tweets which is the homework they did which they had to be yeah it's a legitimate thing that like we said to do they had to be okay with when we pick this guy we're facing questions about this and we need answers and that made them use the crutch of Weather. The weather. Our conditions. Big hands. He can sling it through the, the wind. hands got brought up. He can grip the ball. Yikes. My God. Yikes. I, well, and again. Look, I, I, I think Brandon Bean is a smart guy. I think Sean McDermott is a smart guy. This pick, and I'm not going to hold it against Josh Allen. I'm going to reserve my right to see what he does and how they try and develop him because I think he actually does have some really good tools to work with. I just think they've got their work ahead of them to try and unearth that. But, I mean, the way... Brandon Bean has been very good at like explaining things and breaking it down, and, and he's built up a lot of goodwill with fans. This is the first time he, and Sean, for that matter, have been absolutely crushed on all platforms, all angles, by fan base, by media, by everything. And... Haven't checked Facebook yet, though. Facebook might Facebook, might like the pick. Facebook might like Josh Allen. That's right. That's why we we, we learned that yesterday. That, that was a great line by uh, by Matthew Fairburn. But Allen is now facing an immense amount of pressure, and you know he was going to face that no matter where he went. But I think coming to the fishbowl that is Buffalo, man, he better have a thick skin because. Any misstep he makes, people are going to blow that up. And it's it's unfair to it a is. certain degree. It's definitely unfair, but it's also fans being a bit more critical at the pick. So I don't necessarily hate it. I think fans should give him an opportunity to show whether or not he's actually going to be able to do it. And I'm not even sure if he's going to be in the lineup this year. You might only see him in bits and pieces in preseason or maybe if the season gets away, maybe they he brings they bring him on late in the year. But you have to do this right. You have to develop him correctly. And I don't know if the right course of action is to throw him out there immediately. So the Bills, they're, they've built up a lot of goodwill here. This is the, the first move where I sit there, that Bean has made, where I sit there and think to myself, why? Why did you do that? Like, I get... I get some of the appeal, but I mean everything you've ever talked about. Josh Rosen encapsulates it, and maybe it's a personality thing. Maybe they just didn't think it would be a mesh for the culture that they're building. But you know what? Josh Rosen also didn't do. He didn't throw out inflammatory tweets when he was sixteen. See, this is what, and I would love to know. And the I don't answer. want to crush Josh Allen for no, that. No, but, but I would love still. to know the answer to, you know. You see the the comments, you know, that Terry Pagula made in the New York Times. True. Got, got the audio recording of the meeting that the owners had about Colin Kaepernick with some players. And there were comments in there from Terry Pagula along the lines of, you know, that the league was under attack and that they needed a, a spokesman and all these different things. And he seemed very concerned about, you know, the way the message was coming out. Then you have Josh Rosen, who wore an F. Trump hat on a golf course and is very outspoken and very, you know, has political opinions and all this. You just wonder, 
you were willing to be okay with these tweets. And I'm not saying they should have taken them off the board, but it's just there's a, a, a sense of it, it's a little strange when Josh Rosen gets raked over the coals mm-hmm. for the better part of a year because it was last summer that the Bleacher Report interview came. I mean, he's been getting raked over the coals since he was about 17, if we're being honest. Yep. But And then... You know, these tweets come out and it's kind of swept under the rug as a 14-year-old making a mistake. I was 14 once. I I don't ne- didn't use that word. You know, we all make mistakes, but we don't I don't like this. You know, we all make mistakes. We don't all use that language at at 14 and 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh and I you know, that doesn't mean that's the person that he is, but it that was just a, kind of an annoying excuse that gets thrown out, and it gets kind of swept under the table. But it meant it, that at one time in his life, he felt like that was okay. When it's when it's not, it's no. it's clearly not. And, and it's and not hope, just racist language. There was homophobic language. And in hope, there. there was a and lot you know of what? stuff. Hopefully, he has learned. And from I'm it. sure he has. Yeah, and, and maybe he's a much different person now. But but the it, dichotomy of of him, you know, that just being well, we called his coach and we did the homework and we think it's okay, but then. For all these months, we heard that Josh Rosen was a problem because he had interests outside of football or he had political beliefs. Or we heard that Baker Mayfield was a problem because he got too drunk once uh, and ran away from the cops or he grabbed his crotch when they played against Kansas or he planted the flag. I Mm -hmm. mean, so to Brandon Bean's point that he made, you know, all these guys had their problems, their warts. Um, there was knocks against all of them. And so he said, you pick the ones that you can live with and that you think you can coach and, and correct. And they think that they can mold this guy into a franchise quarterback. Were and they were they scared off by Josh Rosen's intelligence? I, I wonder his intelligence, his willingness to challenge coaching, yeah, his political beliefs, I his, think the, his opinions, all of it. That second part of it that you brought up, the willingness to challenge coaching. You say that, and it immediately sparks something like, "Yeah, I don't think Sean would like that." And I, it's difficult to understand why they wouldn't like that. But Sean is also very concerned with the culture inside this building. Again, Ma- maybe not overly concerned, but again. Right, the twi- no, you know, I, I get it. Totally get it. But it it's almost like they're concerned about it in certain areas, but not concerned about it as much in others. And I found it interesting because a big part of this, and this was part of our discussion yesterday, Allen is going to have to answer to potential teammates now. And there were a lot of people, former players, that went on Twitter going, yeah, this wouldn't fly by me. And... So that's why I found it interesting when I had asked Sean, like, have you spoken with some of these leaders on your on your roster? And he made it a point to say he did. So he wanted to make sure there was at least, a, uh, I guess, an understanding that they didn't believe that this is who this person was. But still, that said, you can't really have it both ways here. You can't turn a blind eye to some things and, and say, you know what? Young and dumb, whatever. Josh Rosen, kind of say the same thing. Would he make the same decision to wear the, wear the same thing now? Would he uh, Would he choose to, you know, put a hot tub in his dorm room today as opposed to when he was a little bit uh, uh, a little bit younger? Probably not. I mean, th- these are all. It, it's just there's a lot of conveniency along with this and that's part of what is frustrating i'm sure for bills fans when it comes to rosen versus allen and i think too you know you mentioned that it's it's sort of what's what's convenient and and you know when these things popped up you know brandon bean said they did not know about the tweets before last night slash this morning when they started to come out and then he also mentioned that it was his understanding that they were deleted in january they weren't i think they I think it's sort of semantics. I think some of them might have been because I was going through his feed last night and couldn't go any farther back than 2016. I think there were cash aid versions or whatever they were. I don't know that this is a lesson for you out there, Bill's Beat listeners. I think the internet's forever. 
I don't know that you really can delete tweets. So uh, careful what you tweet. But uh, the thing is, but but so here's my point: is like the tweets were deleted in January. Who cares? Or you didn't know about them until today. I mean, shouldn't that have been known? And they were deleted in January. Well, that doesn't that doesn't change what the tweets were mm-hmm. and the the language he used. So. I don't know that it's, I don't think it's indicative of him as a, as a human and as a person and, but it could affect him as a leader, like we talk about and they've done their work and, you know, teammates love him, coaches love him. So that part should check out. Okay. But from an optic standpoint, it's just interesting in the NFL, what sometimes can be okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not even just off the field and personality stuff. Sometimes it's the on the field stuff too. What what gets overlooked when a guy has a big arm uh, and he's six foot five? You know, I mean, that's you're willing to make some exceptions for guys that you think and you think you can mold these guys. And there's something about Sean McDermott as a defensive coach, thinking, you know, you can win with this guy. This tough, big arm. You know, you can talk yourself into, like we talked about, oh, this could be our Cam Newton or our Ben Roethlisberger. They said, you know what, he can make all the throws. Which they didn't mention either of those names tonight, yeah. which was, was probably a smart for the best. Move. Smart probably move for the on best. their part. I, I think when, when they say, you know what, he can make all the throws. Conceivably, yes, he can. In spots, we've I, seen him make all those throws, but does he do it consistently? I mean, there are times when... Watching him play, you just absolutely want to tear your hair out because of you know some of the mistakes he makes. And then there are times where it's like, wow, if he can do that all the time, or at least 75% of the time, man, he'd be one of the best players in all of college football. He, he could be one of the best players in the NFL. The problem is, when there's that much of a variance, how much of that can you can you thwart? How much of the bad plays can you start to try and take out of his game without taking away the good plays? Because part of the allure to him is the fact that he is willing to take those chances, give his receivers a chance to to make a play. And if you take that out of his game, then what does he become? EJ Manuel. Right, but... Because that's what they did with EJ Manuel. Well, EJ tried to thwart him, but he was never going. EJ never took chances in college either. He just he was never that guy. Josh Allen at least does. And I think that's where I'll play the spin zone a little bit and give give the Josh Allen spin here a little bit. (laughs) I think I think there's something to the fact that okay, you know you're kind of splitting hairs between 56 and 60 percent you know you're talking about a handful of a, a few plays a game really and a if he had more drops. short throws in his and if he were better at those short throws which well, is another point but he, he still completed i think 75 percent of those short throws so if he threw and you know i think baker mayfield had 18 percent of his throws were those short throws josh allen was nine that was the cfb film room that, that tweeted that out a few days ago so if he had as many or even half as many as as uh, Baker Mayfield, his adjusted completion percentage would probably be a lot closer to 60%. But go yeah. on. But I think the point being that what was the biggest problem with the Bills' offense last year? A lack, of, a lack of big plays. <laughs> yeah. Particularly in the passing game. Mm-hmm. So if you can get four or five big plays in the passing game, true, you might be able to live with a few of the the little things that you miss. And I think that's maybe the saving grace early on, especially is that your passing offense is opened up a bit more. And as we mentioned, there are things that this guy does well. He's good off play action. Um, He's, you know, there's certain passing concepts that he's good at. So if you can create some big plays, design an offense around him, then maybe you can live with the fact that he's going to miss a few throws. I think the point, too, here is one thing they were massively missing was an opportunity to have 
any semblance of an attacking passing offense last year. I mean, Tyrod made some throws to his credit. I mean, the game against Atlanta in particular is one that sticks out where he really made some big throws down the stretch. But, you know, all in all, he was very risk-averse. And that led them to not really having much of a chance when they got down in the game. So let's look at it just from a number standpoint. Let's say Tyrod made half a big play every game or one big play every game and and screwed up only screwed up zero times josh allen can make five big plays he could also screw up three three plays or four plays and you're almost in the same spot so i mean there's there's a give and take here because he needs to become more consistent and they seem to think that they can coach that into him to become more consistent although no level has done that with him just yet he is young like I said, I'm not going to crush the kid because I do think he has potential. I understand why teams view him as a legitimate franchise quarterback. And even though I had him fifth, I can still see that he could be a legitimate franchise quarterback in this league because he has rare traits. And the things that he has in his arsenal don't come around very often. That's the big arm. That's the Ben Roethlisberger type of contact balance that we talked about. It's the size, the mobility along with the size. These are all incredible things in his favor. But if they can't unearth that consistency, if they really think to themselves, hey, you know what? This guy completed 50% of his passes at Juco. This guy completed 56% of his passes against Mountain West opponents for for the large majority. If they sit there and go, you know what? If we surround him with NFL caliber talent, then we believe that that he can become a consistent player. If you prove it, good for you. But there's to play devil's advocate here. I mean, he's going to play against NFL defenses. True, too. <laughs> and he also went up against Mountain West defenses last year. So I understand that there was a lack of separation and a, a lack of talent on the Wyoming offense last year. But that said. I mean, there's still a lack of talent on the other side of the ball for that team you're going up against week in and week out in the Mountain West. So I I get what Brandon Bean is saying, but really what it boils down to is the people that they entrust to potentially turn him into a franchise quarterback. They need to somehow get this consistency out of him and... No one has been able to do it yet. So it's a legitimate question mark for fans. I think it should continue to be a legitimate question mark until they prove it. I will, you know, go into it with a blank slate. I'm not going to sit there and go, you know what? I just don't think he's going to be good. He might not be good. He also might be really great if he if he figures it out because he's only 21 years old. So I, I, I'm fascinated to see square one what they do with this guy, and how much they put on his plate early on. And what's unfortunate is that in an, in a different universe, you know, where Josh Allen, maybe the tweets don't come out, or maybe Twitter doesn't exist, so you don't have 400 people telling you how much this guy sucks, and maybe he doesn't get picked in the top 10, I could picture bills fans just loving this guy Mm -hmm. he's a he seems like a an engaging kid uh relaxed loose uh down to earth and i will say his line on the conference call with us today when when asked hey what would you tell fans they go up and look up your stats after after they draft you he's like don't do it don't do it (laughs) trust me that was funny that was well struck by him and he gets it and there's also is one other thing that he did. Let me let me find it real quick. Uh, Jenna Cottrell of W H A M in uh, in Rochester TV Wham, station there. Wham, if you will, um, tweeted a picture and said, "Here is Bills quarterback Josh Allen signing a hat for a fan. He had to throw it up to him in the second level. The toss went right into the fan's hands. I said, nice. He looked back at me, smiled, and said, accuracy. <laughs> I mean." He's self-deprecating, so you like that. I say to Bills fans, I know there's a lot of you out there that are probably waking up, you're on your commute, and you're saying, what 
what has happened? What has Brandon Bean done? What mm-hmm. are we getting ourselves into? How do I talk myself into this guy? Go back and uh, I'll, I'll plug a, another podcast. Pardon my take. Okay. Good show. Uh, great guys. Go listen to Josh Allen on that show. Pretty entertaining. Josh is really laid back. Pretty funny. He's a likable, likable enough guy. Mm-hmm. And start there, and then, you know, maybe take a break from the uh, the the draft Twitter of the world and and the scouting reports and the highlight videos and the stats and the analysts and the grades and all that, and start there because I, I do think he deserves a chance. Yeah, I, mean, I do too. Because sure, he's never put it all together and. You don't often see guys just put it together in the NFL. It's not to say that it hasn't happened because it but has. It, but it has. Yeah. So I guess your hope is he turns, you know, the, the comp that Mel Kuyper used is Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, that's the hope, right, is that mm-hmm. he turns into that type of player. And he has everything physically that you want out of a quarterback. So I think there's... There's a chance for this guy, but he needs to be given the chance. And I know it, it can be tough uh, to do it, and you know patience can be tough. But honestly, I think this guy sees the field pretty pretty damn early. Hey. I'm gonna be honest. I I know they talk about competing and earning it, and I totally hear what you're saying about this guy needs to be, you know kind of built from the ground up in a lot of ways and, and needs some time. They he needs need to, to have be a plan handled in place. correctly here. I think he's going to uh, – we're going to see him on the field. It, fall. it could be. I, I, I just – I don't think – I don't know that A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman are going to hold him off. True. And that's, that's the big thing. And another thing I'll say here too is that Blake Bortles came within a play of the Super Bowl last year. So – Worst quarterbacks have have gotten pretty far. Blake Bortles is one of the laughing stocks of the league on a weekly basis on Sundays. You see videos of him making horrible incompletions, and the Jaguars, with Doug Marone as their coach and Blake Bortles as their quarterback, came within a play of the Super Bowl because they built a good defense. And you know, Nick Foles was the Super Bowl MVP because he had creative offensive coaches that put a system around him that you know accentuated his talents and and made him look pretty damn good so now it's on brian Dable. a year and a half ago nick Foles looked like he was lost Thanks, and Jeff might Fisher. never play football again right so that's where there's so many variables with quarterback play with team building and team success that i don't think you can i'm with you in the sense that it makes you say what are these guys thinking and are they maybe not as smart as they sounded and appeared at times but at the same time you know who knows uh they have built up a pretty good base with fans about all the savvy moves that they have made throughout so i don't i'm not even saying give them the benefit of the doubt here i'm i'm just saying give it a blank slate because honestly i think the guy that they just drafted deserves it and you know, playing, trying to play and swim upstream against your own fan base right from the get-go, that's that's a daunting thing. And you can do what you want as fans, by all means. And and if you if you don't like the pick, if you're never gonna like Josh Allen, and that's in your mind, so be it. But you know, I also know that, and I saw this firsthand when the Bills took EJ Manuel, and then he got to camp, and then he got the preseason. And people started to see, wow, his arm is humongous. Oh my goodness, what he could be. Fans will fall in love with with the big arm. And Josh Josh Allen's arm is even bigger. Oh, it's much bigger. So I He's I, so much better than EJ. Oh, I know. And <laughs> it's to me he is And that will be the comparison that people draw and I you don't I get know it, you don't but... know how many EJ two tweets I got sent at me today. Um, after the Bills had drafted him. I think he deserves a blank slate here. And again, it was he was not my favorite quarterback prospect of this draft, but I do see traits in him, 
as to why they would like or why they would think they could work with something there. And, you know, he showed flashes in his game of being able to read things from the pocket. He didn't do it consistently enough. And that is what led to some of his inaccuracy and the reason why he only threw 270 passes at Wyoming this past year. But that said, that's now on the Bills coaches. If Brian Dable, who is essentially the head coach of the offense now, if he has a game plan that's good enough for Josh Allen to succeed, then they maybe they could make something out of it. But He can run a little bit, too. I, that I just, gives him a crutch. Right. I just don't think there should be this uh this doomsday feeling saying oh they picked a dud maybe but maybe they also picked a good one and there's a lot more workable traits to him than jp lossman back when they took him definitely than ej manuel and you know jim kelly was in kind of a class of his own there so of of the four quarterbacks that they've taken in the first round from a potential standpoint he probably ranks number two yeah, he is. He's got everything that you look for. Not saying a lot, by the way, because EJ no, and JP because, are behind him. Yeah, and <laughs> but EJ still. and JP had some tools. Uh, the one thing every time anybody, EJ was a fourth rounder masquerading as a I don't first know rounder. if anybody in Buffalo even remembers this. The one thing I think about every time I hear JP Lozman's name is the there was a fantasy football commercial that a guy stood up and would take J.P. Lozman and said, J.P. Lozman is the reincarnation of Kenny Stabler. So anytime any one of you guys mentions J.P. Lozman, that's what I think about. I've never once heard that in my life. It was a great commercial. Nobody probably remembers it. Nope. It might not even exist. I don't. I might not know what I'm I talking think, about. I think you might have just it's, made it up in it your mind. It is pretty late, but that's what I think about every time I hear J.P. Lozman's name. I was not here for J.P. Lozman. I was here for E.J. Manuel. And this guy is a lot better than E.J. Manuel. Mm -hmm. And I've seen some people asking, what's the difference between him and Cardell Jones? That's kind of fair in some ways because rocket arms. And the difference, I think, is really in the the contact balance. Mm -hmm. And the, um, you know, some of the pro-style things that he did show. Um, and his ability to work off play action and the fact that he mentioned his feet. And, and so I don't know that you need to rebuild his mechanics totally. Um, I, I think there's slight overstriding, little things like that. But this guy didn't, you know, get benched in college. Uh, I liked Cardell Jones, still like Cardell Jones. Um, but there, there's reason to be skeptical, sure. But I'm mm-hmm. with you that. Just give it a chance. Yeah. I mean, the draft is is fun, and you know, football is supposed to be fun, and hating things is not always that fun. Some people think it's he, fun. He's gonna end up wowing people the first time he takes the field. Like for a preseason game, he's going to make a couple of throws that that will draw people in, and I'm not sure that will get to the point where people start to like fully get on board or or even just give him a chance up until they see that potential firsthand. And, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit of a road for him to win over the fan boy fan base for a couple of different reasons. The, uh, the insensitivity based on what he tweeted way back when, and of course the, the inaccuracy, which is the stigma that has followed him around for the past several months and really even into the college football season. But at the end of the day, the bills stuck their neck out in a big way for this guy. And it may well cost Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott their jobs if if they miss out on it. So, you know, I, I still believe that Brandon Bean is a good football evaluator. I believe that he has a strong mind for the general manager position. Now he's just got to prove that he's right or he needs to make sure that the people that are in charge of helping develop that player make sure that he is right because if he's not then all of these savvy moves that he made over the past 12 months are for naught and well if he's not the margin of error gets very thin yes because if you want to keep your job you need to build a defense that's as dominant as the jaguars was that can hold up 
to, your quarterback. Right, and to help keep you afloat long enough to where it's You okay. can justify taking another one. Right. Because some guys get to take two. And it's not common, but it happens. So you either better be right or you better be damn good at picking all the other players, which, by the way, I think they picked a damn good player at 16. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, if you look for traits and trends in traits and what they looked for in their previous stops, Tremaine Edmonds is pretty rock solid based on what what they're doing. I mean, in linebackers, one thing they value quite highly is the uh, explosive athletic ability in the uh, athletic testing. And... I mean, he's just off the charts and all of that. And even if you go beyond the size, the 6'5", 253, and over 34-inch arms, which is ridiculous, by the way. I mean, he was up there in the 40. He 4'5"-ish. The, the broad jump was, was ridiculous. The vertical for a guy that size was ridiculous. I mean, these are all traits that help him to where, and you say, hey, why does that matter in football? Well, if he's playing zone coverage and there's Lamar Jackson looking to take off um, it, because there's nothing open down the field. This guy has the sideline-to-sideline side ability to bring him down and to punish him at the end of it. And even in coverage, he can stick with tight ends. And um, If he's in zone coverage, having the ability to stick his foot in the ground and exploding towards the ball carrier to potentially even break up a dump down, which would save them yardage. That's the difference between potentially another team getting a down and distance closer to pick up a first down or to putting them in a really bad situation. So Tremaine Edmonds very much fits the Sean McDermott profile from a flexibility, positional flexibility standpoint. That was a big reason for a lot of these uh, signings last year with Sean McDermott was the de facto GM. And, you know, I, he's, he is the, a futuristic type of linebacker. And if you find the right role for him, I don't know if it's middle linebacker or if it's strong side linebacker in Sean McDermott's scheme, but if you find the right role for him, you can use him in so many different ways and he becomes potentially a four-down player for you. And that is a home run of a pick if he comes to fruition. And by the way, turns 20 on May 2nd, which is also ridiculous. It's interesting that they went sort of old school and archaic in a way of looking for these traits in quarterback right you know they pick kind of the the guy that you think would get picked you know really high 15 years ago or so just because of the tools but then they took a linebacker who is really an ideal fit for the way the nfl is going yeah Um, right so it's like they they went almost two different directions uh in that way in certain terms of the creativity scout told me that Tremaine Edmonds will be the dude in the locker room. He is going mm-hmm. to be the guy, the leader that people want to follow. His work ethic will be unmatched. So you know you're getting, you know, I mean, he comes from a football family. His dad played in the NFL. His brother also got picked in the first round tonight, which is pretty cool. First time that brothers have been picked in the same first round ever. Um, so, you know, this one makes total sense. It fits the McDermott being profile and the culture and all that and he did say that he he visited buffalo on a pre-draft visit that wasn't out there before um so we do know that they had him in and, and did their homework that way but this guy is just cut from their cloth you know he's mm-hmm. he's the guy that you know makes so much sense and that i think can really mask a lot of their problems at mm-hmm. linebacker because We've talked about this. I mean, you, your base defense these days is nickel, so you need two linebackers, really. You constantly read my mind, and you're, you you go into my point that I was just about to bring up because the nickel is exactly right. right. So, like, you only really need two linebackers. So it's like, oh, does he play strong side or, or Mike? Well, it's like, well, he's just going to be one of your two guys on the field, Maybe probably with Milano. But, like, you can get Lorenzo Alexander off the field, and he can do both jobs. Mm-hmm. And be fine, and and he, and he can play Mike for the thirty five percent of the time that you're actually in your base defense, and he can pull that off. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing, Mike Mayock, who love him or hate him, uh, used a, a a term to describe him that's used way too often, 
but that Mike Mayock said he never uses, but he uses it for him. And that was unique Mm -hmm. because somebody asked him, who do you compare him to? He says, I don't know Mm. because I have not seen somebody like him. And he's very different. You know, you don't see guys with those long arms and that height and weight running and changing direction the way that he does. Mm -hmm. I think he could be a really special player for them. And I'm not worried about the fact that he's 19 years old because I don't know. No, I know. I I know you didn't bring that up as a negative, but in the past, if you saw that uh, the Louisville defensive tackle, Amobe Okoye back in the day was super young when he got drafted. um, And there was all this thought of, Oh, he's raw. You got to develop him. Screw that with this guy, get him on the field. You could practically slap a captain on this guy. Like, I think he's that type of character in the locker room. Oh, yeah. And I think he's that type of guy on the field. So Lorenzo Alexander's going to love him. I think every, I think everybody's yeah. going to love him. I think he's that defense is starting to come together as one that could, you know, make some noise. You know what? And all of this stuff about Josh Allen, how I said, remember back in the EJ days when people were like, starting to talk themselves into EJ Manuel, even after at first they're like, oh, no, why, why did they take him? They could have gotten him in the fourth round, which maybe they could have. <laughs> um, two minutes ago, quite li- it is it is 2.07 in the morning. Um, technically speaking, we're on the same day as when day two of the NFL draft is starting. Uh, two minutes ago, from uh, Michael Klafka, screenshots, Two different stat categories. One of Josh Allen and his progression of him at Wyoming, showing his uh, completion percentage. The other, of Jim Kelly, who had a below 60% completion percentage in his two main seasons that he started in 1980 and 1981. It's starting. Bill's fan, listen. Hey, I love it. Do that. Do that. It's natural. It's supposed to go in the other way. It's a natural progression because at first... You go, what? And then you go, okay, well, why did they like that guy? And then maybe as fans, because fans primarily are optimistic, I'll say, fans will start to talk themselves into a a guy like that. And so, like I said, I'm not even saying talk yourself into it. Just be open. Give it a chance. Yeah, give it a chance. What's, do you, do you, uh... If you're, let's say, you're looking for the love of your life, and and you go to restaurants, you go to bars, do you you sit there and go, yeah, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna entertain going to talk to that person because eh, I just, eh, I, 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 I just, I just don't think I've it heard work. a lot of bad things. Yeah, I've heard a lot of bad things. I, it's, it's not a lot great. of rumors out there about him. And you know what? Those rumors could be true. It could be awful. It could be a terrible fit. You go on a date, it sucks. and Or maybe you start dating for a year and realize, wow, what was I thinking? What did I just do? But you still do it. And you experience things. And, and you, 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 give, you give things the, uh, the old chance. But if you have a bad attitude about it, you're always going to have a bad attitude about it. Yeah, I just joined the words bad and attitude. It's 2.09 in the morning. I don't care. The Bills just picked a franchise quarterback. They just did the thing that uh, we've been talking about for freaking 12 months, man. The Bills Beat is now a lifestyle podcast. It is! That's right! <laughs> That's right. We're going to come out with a dating app before too long. It'll be great. All right. Uh, the Bills now only have one pick in day two, and Number it's 96. late. It's late. It's one of the last ones. So it, you, if you're... Thinking about watching day two of the draft, I'm not sure that you should be expecting them to move legitimately. They do up. have five day three picks, so they conceivably they could sneak into the end of round two if they wanted to, or higher up in round three. But still, it's not going to be nearly as eventful as it was today, and uh, it's basically I don't know that they're going to get another starting caliber player for this upcoming season like they just did with uh, Josh Allen, maybe, and definitely Tremaine Edmonds. So, Yeah, Sean McDermott said, we compete around here. We earn everything. Okay. Screw that. Put Tremaine Edmonds on the goddamn field. (laughs) Let him play all four downs. (laughs) 
Put him at fullback. I don't Ooh. care. Get that guy on the field. Yeah, he it, he's going to be fun to watch. I, I they really, said the same really thing about that. Tredavious White, and he started yeah. before they could even put a helmet on him. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds will be on the field quite a bit for the Buffalo Bills. They got Tanner Vallejo and Julian Stanford playing linebacker right now, middle linebacker. No offense to – I'm actually interested to see what Tanner Vallejo looks like in year two because he fought through some th- some injuries and stuff in year one, but put Tremaine Yeah, Tremaine, Tremaine – yeah, it, it's – that's that's going to – he's going to take over there. All right. So, just like we did earlier today, or yesterday, I should say, let's take a breather. Let's reconvene tomorrow after the Bills add one other player. And um, and then it will also have to talk to Josh. We'll Allen also again. have heard from Josh Allen. We'll also have heard from Tremaine Edmonds, and both of which are going through their uh, first ever press conferences in Buffalo. And I wonder if Josh Allen wins some people over tomorrow, because a little goofy, a little self-deprecating. He's gonna he's gonna need to win some people over. But uh, if you're if you're you listening to this, to before, he talks at what four o'clock? Four p.m. Yes. Tweet me the most ridiculous question you want asked i'm not promising i'll ask it but i think it would entertain me 2 12 a.m tweet me the most ridiculous question that you want me to ask bill's beat listeners this is i probably i might ask it you never know this is getting dangerous but uh let me know what you want me to ask um i do not condone this but tag me (laughs) (laughs) i would like to see it use the hashtag use the hashtag bill's beat don't don't i'm not gonna ask him anything mean yeah either so don't be mean. This is a lifestyle podcast now. Dating app. <laughs> Remember, the bill, the Bills beat dating app. All right. That's going to do it for us. The Bills have their franchise quarterback, potentially their franchise middle linebacker, because that thing does exist in Sean McDermott's defense. And not a lot of uh, big picks left. So, what more is to come of the 2018 NFL Draft for the Buffalo Bills, and where do they go from here? We shall see the next couple of days. For Matthew Fairburn of NewYorkUpstate.com, my name is Joe Pascalia. Thank you all for listening tonight slash this morning, and we will talk to you after rounds two and three. See ya. <laughs>